Good morning. Good morning. Wow. Welcome to Montana. It's uh, great to be here. We would have canceled everything in Arkansas this morning. I just want to let you know, I woke up and I was like, the entire day's canceled because there's snow, but we're in Montana, so this is just called a normal day. So I, uh, I, I became a Christ follower and I thought God wanted to bless me, but I didn't know he wanted to change me. I thought he wanted to bless me, but I didn't know he wanted to change me. When I felt bad, I read Psalms in the Bible. When I felt really bad, Job. I just, uh, I didn't really know what to do with my faith. And in college, a, a, I got invited to a Bible study and I thought, well, this is smart to do because, you know, I need to study the Bible as a Christ follower. I thought we'd like read Ephesians or something and talk about me. And uh, instead, what happened was the uh, Bible study leader laid out a map of the world and he said, Todd, pick a country and pray for it. And I started to freak out. I never prayed out loud, especially like for the nations. And so I said, I'll pray for America. And he said, pick somewhere further away. And I said, Canada. And he said, pick somewhere really far away. And I looked down at the middle of the map and the largest country that caught my attention was Saudi Arabia. And so I said, I'll pray for Saudi. I pray for Saudi Arabia. And at the end of the prayer, he said, Todd, tell me how many Muslims, how many mosques, how many Christians and how many churches are in Saudi Arabia next week. And I started to research this incredible country. I started to notice Saudi Arabians on my campus, at my Starbucks, at my, at my coffee shops, at my restaurants. I began to meet Saudi Arabians. I began to share the gospel with people who were my neighbor, but looked different, act different, and believed different. And it changed me. And I realized that the purpose I was living for needed to be aligned with God's purpose. And, and, and as we talk about reaching our near neighbor and our neighbor far away, really the beginning point is, have you embraced the purpose of God? Are, you, know, you might say, I'm a Christ follower, I'm ready to die. But if, you're, if you don't know your purpose, you're not ready to live. And understanding the purpose of God, it changes the way you live, the way you give, and the way you raise your kids. Understanding the mission and purpose of God, it changes the way you live, the way you give, and the way you raise your kids. When you think about the Bible, the magnificent book, 2,000 years of, of our incredible history, when you think about it, the first 11 chapters is just the introduction. The first 11 chapters of the Bible is just the introduction. So you've got creation, you've got the fall in chapter three, you've got the flood in chapter six, you've got the scattering in chapter 11 of the nations where we know the Tower of Babel. And by the time you come to chapter 12, you're at an interesting spot. If you had no knowledge of the Bible, by the time you get to chapter 12, what you realize is, oh my goodness, humanity has scattered all across the world. They speak 70 different languages. How is God going to regather them under his glory? And then you turn the page to chapter 12. All that is just the first 11 chapters. And then you turn the page to chapter 12. And in chapter 12, you're introduced to God's mission hitting motion in a man named Abraham. In chapter 12, you're introduced to God's mission hitting motion in a man named Abram. I had no idea how important Genesis 12, one through three was for the first 10 years of my spirituality. 
I was a Christ follower for a decade before I noticed the importance of Genesis 12. Let me read to you the beginning of Genesis 12, God's mission hitting motion in Abraham. Genesis 12, one through three. The Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curse you, I will curse. But Abram, here it is. Are you ready? Through you, all those I scattered in chapter 11, I'm gonna regather beginning with you, blessing you to bless all nations. He says this, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. I had no idea the first decade how important Genesis 12, one through, the leading scholar, of all of Christians in all of Europe, John Stott. He passed away a few years ago. He was asked this question before he died. What's the most important passage in all of scripture? John Stott says this, Genesis 12, one through three, the whole of God's purpose is encapsulated there. Because the domino tips with Abraham. God says to Abram, I'm gonna bless you to bless the nations. I'm gonna bless you to bless the nations. I call Genesis 12, one through three, the Abrahamic revolution. My purpose begins in Genesis 12 because it starts with Abraham and it goes from Abraham to Isaac, to Jacob, to Joseph, to Joshua, to David, to the prophets, to Jesus, to the early church, to us. But God's mission begins in Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. And you know what God says to Abraham's son, Isaac? The blessing comes to you, Isaac, but it's not for you. It's to pass on to the nations. Listen to this, Genesis 26. He repeats Genesis 12. Isaac, this is to Abram's son. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and give them all these lands through your offspring. Here it is again, all nations on earth. What I began in Genesis 11 was scattering the nations and with your father in Genesis 12, Isaac, it's gonna come to you. All nations on earth will be blessed. Genesis 28, Jacob, guess what? What I said to Abraham, what I said to your father, Isaac, I'm now telling you. Jacob, Genesis 28, 14, your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. They will spread out to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south. And here it is again. We're not even out of Genesis yet. All peoples on earth. God wants to reach us so that we reach our neighbor both here and abroad. God wants to reach us not just for us, he blesses us, not just for us. I was at my, uh, I was at my uh, favorite Christian store the other day, Hobby Lobby. Uh, I just feel like when I buy something there, it's a tithe. Um, <laughs> And I'm walking around, I don't know if they have them here, but I'm walking around Hobby Lobby. I just feel like a better person when I'm in there. I don't know if it's the smell, if it's the, if it's the sales. But um, I'm walking around the aisles and uh, I go down the frame aisle and, and I'm like, I see, I see a picture. And on the picture, it had my favorite Old Testament verse. It had my favorite, Psalm 4610, it had my favorite Old Testament verse. And I was like, oh my goodness, my kids are with me. 
I was like, this, this, it, it, it had a stream, it had a, tack, it had a fisherman, a tackle box. I mean, very Montana-esque. It had a, the sun rising and it had, in gold calligraphy, 98 font, it had, be still and know that I am God, dot, dot, dot. And I was like, I literally FaceTime my wife and I'm like, I'm like, babe skis, should I buy this? And she's like, of course, hello, yes. And I was like, look at the picture. And she's like, yes, hello. And so I don't know. I was staring at the pictures. I had my kids and, and I don't know if it was the dot, dot, dot. I've seen that verse, you know, my whole life. I've seen it crocheted on tea towels and embroidered on bowling balls. Be still and know that I'm God. But I never realized it had a second half, the dot, 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 right? The dot, dot, dot simply means that, that, that there's a second half. And I was like, wow. How bad is the second half of Psalm 4610 that I've never seen it? I mean, what's it say? Be still and know that I am God and Judas found a rope and hung himself? I mean, how bad is the second half that I have never seen it? So I was like, I gotta figure this out. I'm like, kids, wait here. Grab my phone, go to my Bible app. And I literally read the whole verse. And the whole verse said this. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted among the earth. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted among the earth. And I stood there looking at my Bible app and I just thought, you know, I am such a white, wealthy Westerner that, that, that all my life revolves around me and my blessings and gathering my blessings. I highlight, memorize, and underline verses that I like that speak to me. I don't even care about reaching my near neighbor and especially those across the ocean. I have zero desire to reach them. I am completely consumed with myself, my activities, and my kids' soccer. Like that is what rules my life. And I look up and I read my Bible and it just encourages me to just receive God's blessing, but forego the responsibility of blessing the nations. I have somehow become so preoccupied that my near neighbor and especially my neighbors across the ocean, sorry, they're not my responsibility. I'm sure someone cares. I think someone in our church is like gifted for that and maybe they're doing something. It's just, I'm different. I like have a life, a job and kids in junior high. So surely I'm excused. I mean, I imagine so. I mean, yes, I am. Yes. When you read the Psalms, don't just read it from what you get out of it. Look, 175 times in the book of Psalms, God is inviting us to get involved in reaching our near neighbor and the nations around us and the nations across the world. Oh, listen to Psalm 67. I'm gonna read Psalm 67. I'm gonna read the whole chapter. I know, it's seven verses. I'm gonna read the whole chapter. I'm gonna read the whole chapter. And I, just count in seven verses how many times God mentions the word nations, earth, people, peoples, world. I mean, it's ridiculous. But, but, but watch, watch this, Psalm 67, here we go. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. I highlight that, I underline that, I double star that, and I get it in Hebrew on my arm, okay? And I stop there. 
but it keeps going. Watch what happens after this. Watch what happens after God blesses us. That your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, O God. May the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. You rule the peoples justly and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, O God. May the peoples praise you. God blesses us, not for us. That all the, I mean, 11 times in seven verses, God reminds us the blessing is not for us. He blesses us so that we may bless the nations. I, uh, every morning, every morning I wake up. Just thought I should tell you that. And I, 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 I grab my phone from the nightstand and I unplug it as it was charging. And I look every morning at the same app. Before I get out of bed, I look at this app. I face ID. I don't even have to type in my code. I face ID and, and this app goes into my savings. And I check on it. I don't know what I thought would happen to it, but I check on it and it's growing. My savings is getting bigger and I heart it. I'm like, I love this. This is amazing. And I look at my phone, I look at my savings every day and I just say one word to it. Grow, grow little guy, grow. I go downstairs, I get a Keurig, I kiss my daughter, I kiss my other daughter, I kiss my son, I kiss my other son, I kiss my other daughter, I kiss my other son, and I look at my six kids, I look at my six kids and I say one word over them. Safety. Keep them safe, God. I get in my car, I drive to work, and I say another word. Resume. Grow my resume. Grow my importance. I get to work, I work all day, I come home, and I say one word when I come home. Relax. Savings, safety, resume, relax. The vast majority of every Christ follower you know are living their life for those four words. The vast majority of every Christ follower you know, when you boil down their life to what do they think about, what do they contemplate, what are they living for, what do they desire, it's grow, it's the savings, it's the safety, it's the resume and relax. Savings, safety, and God invites us into his mission. And I say, God, okay, listen, when I wanna reach my neighbor and my neighbor across the world, like, you know, will it affect any of those four words? Like, will any of those four words be affected? Uh, yeah. Like, which ones? Like, specifically? Uh, all of them. Then have me excused. 
it's just not the right age or stage for me right now to get involved. Have me excused. And the vast majority of Christ followers we know have chosen to be excused from the mission of God. So they don't see their neighbor. They don't see their near neighbor. They don't see the neighbor abroad especially. They're not actively praying and giving and going and cultivating and raising their kids to be cross-cultural workers. They're not doing those things. Instead, they're protecting, isolating, storing, and hibernating. When you get to the New Testament, Jesus gives us Genesis 12, but he, he just, he shares it a different way. Here's what he says in Matthew 4. He says, follow me. I will make you fishers of men. This is what he says to his disciples. This is the same thing as I'm gonna bless you to bless the nations, but it's just put in a first century context. Follow me and I'm gonna make you fishers of men. Here these disciples heard that. I think of the, the disciples that heard this right there on the shores. I think of James. Did James, when he was 19 years old, hearing these words from Jesus know in five years he'd be pierced with a sword by King Herod? Did Peter know that, that, that when he heard these words on the shore, there would be the largest church in Rome named after him? Did Andrew know when he heard these, did Andrew know when he heard these words on the shore that the mission of God, the purpose of God, that he would be the, the, the hero of faith for all of Russia? Did Thomas know when he heard these words on the fisherman's shore, did Thomas know that in seven years he would travel 3,000 miles and give the rest of his life to sharing the gospel in India? Did doubting Thomas know that? That the vast majority of Christians in India are named Thomas, still today. What does God's mission mean for you and what does it mean for me? And I need to be birthed out of my self-absorption. And I need to see my neighbor and my neighbor across the world. And I need to do something about it. I don't just need to keep looking at my savings app and keep hoping my kids live in my cola sack and work for Chick-fil-A. Okay, I need to be better than that. And Jesus gives us five commissionings, not just one. He reminds us of Genesis 12. The last thing he says to his followers are the five commissioning texts. When we think of the Great Commission, we think of one Great Commission text. Mostly we think of Matthew 28 called the Great Commission. That's one of the five. There's five Great Commission texts. Let me give you Matthew 28 first, and then we'll look at the other four. Matthew 28, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. This is the first great commission text. And what you notice rather quickly is there's four alls. There's four alls in this passage. Jesus reminds us, and he's given Genesis 12 again. Jesus is basically saying Genesis 12, one through three and Matthew 28. All authority. He says, I have all authority has been given to me. Go and make disciples of all nations. This thing's going global. Teach them all that I've commanded you and I will be with you always. That's the first great commission text. It's not the only great commission text, there's five. The second great commission text is Mark 16, 15. 
Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. I love this passage. He doesn't say go into all the world and preach the good news to all peoples. He doesn't say go into all the world and preach the good news to all creatures. He says creation. This thing's so good, the birds, the squirrels, and the bark should hear about it. I mean, he says this is gonna change everything. The third Great Commission text is Luke 24. Luke 24, 46 and 47. Jesus says to the disciples, this is written. Oh, it is? Where? Where is it written? Genesis 12. What I've been saying is Genesis 12. Jesus says, this is written. What I'm about to say is nothing new. I've said it since Genesis 12. This is written. He says, Christ will suffer and rise from the dead. He says, that's what I'm going to do. He says, repentance, that's how you should respond. And forgiveness of sins, that's the benefit of responding appropriately. Will be preached, here it is, are you ready? To all nations, not only your near neighbor, but the neighbors abroad. We must understand that. This is the third great commission text, there's five. The fourth great commission text is John 20, 21. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. I mean, this is fabulous. Jesus says to the disciples, As I was in Trinity, eternity, community, the Father invited me to put on humanity. And I responded, when the Father said, I am sending you, I responded by saying, yes, I will go to an unknown people. I will put on their form and I will learn their language. And he says, as I responded and said yes to to, to reaching my not near neighbor, I'm gonna ask you to do the same. I'm gonna ask you, as the Father sent me, I am sending you. Now, I like John 20, 21a, right? I'm like, wow, I like that. The Father sent the Son. But the whole send me, wait a minute. See, what that means for me is the question is not, am I sent? The question is to where? To where? We're all sent ones. You might go further geographically than me, but we're all sent ones, whether that's across the street, across the campus, or across the world. The fifth great commission text, Acts 1, 8. Acts 1.8, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses. Look at the scope, both here and there simultaneous. We need to be about reaching our near neighbor here, but God says, and simultaneously, that's why this church has such an emphasis on over there. A friend of mine has a Bible study He has about 10 guys in it. They're all Christ followers. He called me up. He's like, Todd, I've got these guys. There's 10 guys, they're Christ followers. He said, they're all businessmen and they've all made a lot of money. They're in their 30s. They're all wealthy. He's like, I'm trying to get them in the Bible. We're reading the book of Matthew. He's like, and these businessmen are so excited. He's like, man, we've come across this thing called the Great Commission. And these business guys are like, man, if a good commission is 10 to 15%, what's a great commission? And so they were like, will you teach us the Great Commission? So I came in, I sat down with the 10 business guys and I'm walking them through how God, I open up to Genesis 12 and I'm like, hey, this is where the Great Commission starts. And I start walking them through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And... Um, My friend, Matt, I start talking about how God blesses us to bless the nations, blesses us to bless the nations. And my friend, Matt stops me. He's like, Todd, wait a second. You've used the word bless a lot. What does it mean when God blesses us? What does that mean? What does that mean when God blessed Israel? You said God blesses Israel in the Old Testament to bless the nations. And I'm like, Matt, that's a great question. I said, when God blessed 
Israel in the Old Testament with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you always see these things. You always see an increase in land, family, finances, and a great name. You see an increase in land, family, finances, and a great name. When God blesses Israel in the Old Testament, look out for land, family, finances, and a great name. And uh, my friend Matt's like, wow, that's interesting. He's like, uh, he's like, land, my house, my yard, my fence. He's like, my family, my two boys, raised them in a godly home. My finances, putting money back for retirement, money back for college. A great name, what motivates me to wake up and put in a full day's work. And my friend Matt stopped me. He's like, man, Todd, it is an 80-hour work week for me to just manage how God's blessed me. Like, I don't have time to pass them on to the nations. I'm trying not to drown in the blessings God's given me. He said, maybe the problem with the church is we've reduced the mission of God to just managing our blessings. And I think about that. I think about how much is my life consumed with land, family, finances, and a great name. I'm consumed with the blessing and I don't realize God's invited me to pass it on. Have we embraced the purpose of God, the mission of God to receive the blessing, but not to keep it, to extend it? Are we raising our children? Are we raising our children to think globally? I love asking parents, will you tell me the top three countries you're asking God to send your kids to when they grow up? Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, what are your three? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not gonna click my heels together when my daughter wants to go to Libya and start a church and learn Arabic. That's gonna be a hard day for me. But a harder day is when she marries the wrong guy, spins downward in self-absorption and stops following God. That's gonna be a little harder. But how many families, when God blesses them with children, arrows are meant to fly. How many of us are saying, Lord, I pray over my kids to be launched out to the nations? It's actually quite the opposite. 95% of all Christ-following parents, when their son or daughter desires to do something for God out of their comfort zone, will spend a lot of time talking them out of it. I've met Christian parents who've counseled their kids not to be missionaries. I know you're like, no way. Yes, I've met them. Listen to what Paul the Apostle says in Romans 15. Where is there no one going and all volunteer? Romans 15. It's always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. The mission of God to reach all nations was the very purpose of Paul. It was the purpose of Christ. Is it our purpose? Is it what we're about? Or have we justified her inactivity and said, no, thanks, Lord. Where are those who've never heard? Paul says, I wanna make it my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ is not known. There's an area of the world called the 1040 window. It's the least reached peoples. It's 10 degrees up from the equator, 40 degrees up, and it stretches clear across Asia. In this box is over 4 billion people. There's one missionary for every 250,000 people in this box. Let me say that again. There's one missionary for every 250,000 in this box. And as people who live in this city, we need to be aware, oh my goodness, Montana State has almost 400 on campus of people in the 1040 window. They're at our Starbucks. They're, they're, They're in our communities. We just have to have eyes to see. I'm not asking you to 
get a passport, learn Arabic and raise support and move to the Middle East. I'm asking you when you're in Target to talk to someone who doesn't look like you, act like you and believe like you. You have to initiate. And so for you, maybe this morning that maybe you just need to say, am I, am I embracing the purpose of God or am I living in self-absorption? And maybe the first thing you need to do is just embrace the mission of God. Maybe you need to have eyes to see the nations around you in this magnificent city. I mean, there are so, we just walked downtown yesterday. There's so many nations at our fingertips, so many nations. And maybe God wants you to go. This church would love nothing more for your family to say, hey, I think we need to take a season and live in the Middle East. This church wants to help get you there. And maybe that's you. I don't know. Have you embraced the purpose of God? Listen to what, what God begins in Genesis 12, he concludes in Revelation. Listen to how the Bible concludes. What began in Genesis 12 after the Tower of Babel is concluded as the throne of God. Revelation 5, 9, they sang a song, you are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain, Jesus, and with your blood, oh my goodness, what began in Genesis 12, you completed. You purchased men for God from every tribe, language, people, and nation. It happens. Let me give you two application points. The first one is come back tonight. From six to eight tonight, we're gonna look at the 1040 window and your involvement. We're gonna show you how you can reach the 1040 window without even leaving the city. Come back from six to eight tonight. The second application is starting in January, we're gonna have 15 weeks every Wednesday night for 15 weeks. Every Wednesday night for 15 weeks, we're gonna fly in the greatest mission speakers to this church. And we're gonna have them speak for two hours. Okay, they're gonna fly in once a week and you can take the course, it's called Perspectives. Just go ahead and pre-plan that. What an incredible opportunity that you can just come here and hear it. Two really good applications. When I, uh, when I first met my wife, I wanted to take her to the spot that uh, I would find out if we were gonna get married, okay? So I, I liked her and I was like, let's go find out. So I took her to Starbucks. And um, I remember I'm in Starbucks and I ordered first as a spiritual leader. I went up to the barista and I was like, I'll take a venti, non-fat, no foam, sugar-free, hazelnut latte, room temperature, double cup, no lid, side of ice. And, um, and I, 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 I said, Jess, you're next. And she's like, uh, what's a grandy? And I was like, you don't, uh, you don't drink coffee? She's like, I've never, I've never been to Starbucks. I don't drink coffee. And I was devastated. I was like, wait, coffee drinkers date coffee drinkers. Smokers date smokers. It's just what you're supposed to do. You know, and so she ordered a water and um, we sat down. I didn't, I didn't rebuke her right away. I let it sit for a second and I, I just finally, I couldn't handle it. I, I said, uh, I said, Jess, I like you. You're pretty without makeup. I said, I really want this to work. I said, but I really want you to drink coffee. And she was like, I'll try. And I was like, thank you. And so we go back to Starbucks and she orders a hot chocolate. And I was like, hey, that's a baby step, you know? We go back to Starbucks the next week, she orders a half hot chocolate, half coffee. We go back to Starbucks, she orders a coffee with 17 sweet and lows. We go back to Starbucks, she orders a coffee with four sweet and lows. And I remember the day she said to me, are you going to Starbucks? And I said, yes. And she said, bring me a venti black. And I'm like, you are the way maker. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. I doubted, I doubted, but yes. And um, 
I tell you that story because when you fall in love with someone, something happens, right? You begin to fall in love with what they love. And so for me and my wife, she didn't, didn't know coffee. She didn't have the app. She wasn't counting her stars. She wasn't counting the rewards. But you know what? She began to fall in love with me. She fell in love with the coffee. I did the same thing. Before we got married, I thought Bed Bath & Beyond was a hotel, okay? <laughs> now I use essential oils and that's weird, okay? Like that's weird. Like that's weird. And... um Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, man, I don't really have a heart for the world. I don't pray for India and care about it. That's okay, God does. And the more that you cultivate a heart for God, the more he cultivates a heart for the world. God has a heart for the world. Is that a big enough reason that we should be about reaching our neighbor here and our neighbor there? So Father, we just, we pray that your purpose will become our purpose. We pray that we would embrace the blessings, but not for us, that we might bless the nations. Have us eyes, give us eyes to see. Give us eyes to see not only, not only the nations here, but the nations there. And Lord, may we even this week initiate friendship with someone who doesn't look like us, talk like us, or act like us. We ask this in your name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this time has allowed you to dig out more of who God has made you to be. If you made some kind of spiritual decision today and are interested in what's next, we'd love to connect with you. For more information or to get in touch, please visit journeyweb.net. If you're interested in supporting our ministry, you can give online at journeyweb.net slash give. Thanks.